Aloha, everybody. Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is... James. To my far left in a sound booth, 25 feet away is... Brad. Hey, guys. Hey, what's <laughs> up? Uh, uh, this week of Real Nerds is dedicated to my friend Chris Karpinski, who unfortunately died in a car accident over the last weekend. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, hey, buddy, this one's for you. Wish you could be playing uh, softball, but um, yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bad week. Bad week. But yeah. this one's for him. Hopefully he'll he'll hear it some way and he'll laugh. And he's like, oh, that Frost. He's <laughs> When he's not playing softball and tripping over bases, he's making fun of shitty movies called Wrath of the Titans, which we saw this week. Oh, man. Way to bury the lead. <laughs> real news. It's real news. So the big story... Real news wise is the Hunger Games is the highest grossing single weekend movie for a non sequel. It came in at number three overall behind the Dark Knight and Harry Potter seven. Harry Potter seven, thank Part you. Two? Yeah. Harry Potter uh. is number one at one sixty nine, Dark Knight's one fifty eight, and uh, the Hunger Games is one fifty two. One hundred and fifty two million if uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, and I I I'm actually surprised. Oh even, yeah, because even forecasters I think said the most was like when, and because it's, you know, like the Dark Knight makes sense because it appeals to anybody who likes Batman and, you know, it's got, it's got some grounding already. This yeah. is a movie that like, it's based on a book and lots of people like that book, but the number of people who like that book, I would just assume is less yeah. than the number of people who liked Batman Begins. Because even something like Twilight, I don't think it's opening, the first Twilight opening was that spectacular. No, no, I no. I mean, I'm guessing maybe 40 million, 30, I don't even know, but yeah. I, you know, that's what I was expecting. I mean, I knew it was big because i mean fandango was saying they're selling out there's a fastest selling uh tickets ever um on their website which is shocking because even like the uh what do you call it like the ads for it really didn't push it too hard you know what i mean like there's just a little bit but yeah yeah it, i didn't feel like i was inundated with ads i'm sure if you were in la or new york or something yeah you were but for regular people yeah um, so i guess they knew what they had and that movie cost $80 million to make, so it's already turned a $100 million profit in its first week of release. Yeah, Twilight was 70 Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I mean, the other, I mean, 21 Jump Street actually didn't fall that much. It was, no, that's so good. Still did pretty well, but I mean, that's crazy for a March movie to have that much money. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously the biggest opening ever in March. It makes me wonder why they put it in, well, I mean, obviously it did well enough, but... Um, I think that actually, I don't think it's that bad of a strategy because no. I mean, right away in May, I mean, if it went against the Avengers head to head, it'd lose. Yeah. So I think they they realize that if they put it right just before the movie we saw, that they had a pretty good chance of not only winning last weekend but this weekend too, and probably next weekend. Yeah. For that matter. So yeah, that's a big box office news. Um, box office Mojo supplies us with all our box office information. Um, so thank you, Box Office Mojo. Did you know Box Office Mojo is ran by Amazon? Just saying. Really? Yeah, I read that the other day. I read. I just was reading about Amazon, and it's one of their li- like little side companies. Huh, that's cool. Um, that's just a weird thing to own. Yeah. Because I'm sure it doesn't make them any money. Guess they just you know do it from the ads that they always run right. on there. It's like exactly. shrink your waistline, and it's like the really weird, terrible flash and yeah. Photoshop stuff. <laughs> but hey, I guess you got to make money somewhere, huh? Maybe they're like when you can uh, when people go to look up a movie and all of its statistics, they can put an ad right next to it that says, "Also, you can buy it." Well, Probably. You know, maybe that's not a bad Probably. idea either. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that they're smarter than me, so I'd, I'm sure they have a reason for owning it. <laughs> but, oh, don't put yourself down like that, Ryan. I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure you're just as smart as the guys at Amazon. Run Amazon. Well, where's my billion dollars in? <laughs> He's running a podcast that makes no money. They're running a multi-billion dollar corporation that does make money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're about equal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if I had the ability to distribute maybe DVDs at reasonable prices, then maybe I would be a billionaire. Who knows? Hey, speaking of DVDs, which one's come out this week? Uh, this week is War Horse. Hey, that was a great job. Hey, it's it's See, now really you kill the segue if I call yeah. if I if no, you call I'm it out. Not, it's all right. Oh, man. I War Horse comes out. There's three versions of War Horse. There's like this... Like Spielberg usually does uh, a collector's edition of all his stuff when it's released on Blu-ray or DVD, and this one, it's uh, War Horse is a four-disc one with uh, four-disc Blu-ray, Blu-ray with Ooh. the DVD special features and a digital copy. Yeah, 
Then there's also just a single disc Blu-ray and a single disc DVD. No, there's a two disc Blu-ray and a single disc DVD. Oh wow! So huh. they include the DVD on the Blu-ray one then too. Uh, I think so. Yeah. That's quite a big release. So it's not really two disc Blu-ray. It's a one disc Blu-ray, one disc DVD. And also, we bought a zoo, which nobody saw in this no. room. But yeah. both of both of them are movies that I missed last year and want to see. You still so. haven't seen War Horse? No, I haven't. Oh. I totally. Well, I was out of hell on that that oh, week yeah, or so. Right. So yeah, that, that was, was a, that was a me and Brad special weekend when we exactly. saw lots of movies together. Yeah, it's our horsey date. It was. Oh, oh. and there was no movie with Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Went to that well. well. That's what James calls her. I don't. She looks like a horse, dude. I think there's a joke in family. Isn't there a joke in family guy where Peter feeds her a carrot and rubs her face? Yeah, yeah, but they weren't the ones that came up with that. <laughs> he also says she looks like a foot. People people <laughs> have been <laughs> drawing connections between her and horses for many, many years. Because she looks like one. Eh, sometimes she's all right. She's married to Matthew Broderick. I like Matthew Broderick. Uh, yeah, I like Matthew Broderick, too. And he likes horses. <laughs> Evidently. Bestiality. Ooh. Oh, the zoo. So we Speaking got of zoos. So thank you to Digital Bits for our <laughs> DVD uh, release See, information. Why doesn't Brad just let us ramble? I bet we'd get a lot more hits if they just let us ramble and be Yeah, really I mean, funny. we were just on the brink of talking about bestiality films. I know, and then, um, you know what? That would have sold. You know what? Sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish. No, you know what? You just killed... You're talking about horse fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you killed my momentum. So uh, thanks, Digital Bits, for all your information <laughs> that you supply us. Remember, if you're going to order a DVD from Amazon, order from Digital Bits and support them. Because they're cool. There's a joke about killing momentum and horse fucking that I just can't. I can't make. Yeah. I, I can't think of it. Yeah. It's there somewhere. But anyway, uh, what else happened this week? Um, this week is another thing for Brad. Um, with the Brad's got news. Not as big. I mean. The uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Welcome. Brad news. Will be segment. the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You know, I was only and people are mad again. You know, I don't know what I was thinking about this. Do you think Michael Bay purposely does that to create awareness for this movie? Yeah, uh-huh. it's possible. Like, totally. you know, where it's kind of like free publicity where he says, oh, absolutely. Oh, they're, you know, of alien. And then oh, I'm just going to call it Ninja Turtles. And it's smart because if the movie is good, then it doesn't like it doesn't matter what you say about it beforehand. If he delivers a good movie, nobody's actually going to care about that shit after afterward. Yeah. You know, if you if you get people pissed off about it and they have to go see it and find out just how much you fucked it up for them, then um, you you've made more money in the end. So yeah, I was just curious. The highest-grossing Batman movie isn't even called Batman, so sometimes it doesn't even matter. Yeah, and, the, yeah, and you yeah, know that doesn't matter. I mean, Ninja Turtles to me. St- I mean, I I always abbreviate it Ninja Turtles. I hardly yeah. ever say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know as what a I mean? fan, well, like you want to like as a hardcore fan, you want to see the full name up there representing the brand. But at the same time, like they had a live-action cartoon show just called Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation, so it's like... Yeah, yeah, and most people just refer to them as Ninja Turtles, so it's... Well, it's like, how long do they have to be teenagers, and the the term mutant is such a 90s, like, kids sci-fi kind of or term... the 60s. That, well, yeah, but... Thanks, Stan Lee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's an... We don't see stuff about like, oh, they get hit with radiation and turned into something else, unless it's a Hulk movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, it makes sense to me from a marketing standpoint if you want to bring people in f- who are not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fans to drop those two words um, because it makes it a kids movie and it makes it like a sort of dated movie. Or if you just call it Ninja Turtles, that sounds dope. I want to see a movie about turtles that are also ninjas. <laughs> it sounds generic to me, but yeah, it's for marketing wise. Generic. I, I get it. I, uh, Ninja no, <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't. I don't agree. So, like, but, say Samurai Hamsters sounds appealing to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I yes! see that movie. Yeah, now it sounds more appealing than G Force. <laughs> uh, how about? Um, uh, you sold me on Samurai Army Sharks. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh my god! Are they gonna yes, have... actually, it was called Street Sharks, and I want to see a movie <laughs> of Street Sharks. Damn it. Uh, how about um, a Squirrel Assassin? These are the best <laughs> brilliant. titles for movies. No, 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 no. Because if it were T 
teenage fun time squirrel assassins. That oh would not God, be good. I, I'm even more interested, actually. Actually, yeah, yeah you <laughs> might be right. Teenage, teenage fun time, time squirrel <laughs> assassins. Oh, we just wrote our first movie. We just wrote our first show on Adult Swim. I'm gonna yeah, absolutely. Slit your throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're the Care Bears. But you're nuts you. if you think that's going to happen. It's Get it, nuts, squirrels. <laughs> 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 it's the fourth chipmunk movie. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, we're geniuses. <laughs> mm. Jesus. Production department right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Ninja Turtles, it'll be great. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll see. Of course, it was it was scripted by the guys who wrote the movie tonight. So I also was thinking of you because I was reading comic solicits at work because that's how busy we were today. And um, the uh, new cover for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out in April or May is the Return of the Shredder. Oh, sweet. And the whole cover is just Shredder like coming at you. Hope Andrew gets me a ton of the different variants. It'd be great. Yeah, it's um, it says a comic six hundred years in the making, so I didn't know Shredder was dead for six hundred years. They may be, they may be playing with the whole uh, Shredder's neutron thing, like oh. the cartoon did. Ah, the Shredder's neutron thing. Yep. Yeah, that would make sense. Cowabunga! What else do we got? Um, t- this week is a bad week for making movies about the neighborhood watch. It is. Uh, they, they, this is a weird story to start off with, but it's, it's just, I thought you were going to talk about Anchorman, but go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to save the good stories to the end this week because I feel like real news always peters off at the end. So at the end, I'm going to, you know, we'll talk about something interesting, but basically this, this self-appointed neighborhood watch guy in Florida killed a, like a 16, 17 year old kid. Uh, so now that's what you do when you neighborhood watch, you take action instead of watching things. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, especially lethal force. Yeah, on a kid. The last anyway, resort. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real nerds does not uh, support killing children. We'll just we'll lay that out there. I think I can speak for all of us. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they're pulling all of their promotions, the the promotions they had out there now for lethal for uh, neighborhood watch, especially in Florida, um, because they have to now start promoting it as like a fun time fighting aliens movie. Uh, instead of having, because what they've had is all these posters that say like neighborhood watch, and then you saw like a like a profile of an alien, but it didn't really make it clear that it was about like the neighborhood watch fighting aliens, you know. Uh, and so they're having to completely. I think it's the bullet holes that they're more concerned about. Oh, absolutely, the, absolutely. The poster. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, well, and just the fact that it's not terribly clear, like it just says neighborhood watch, and there's obviously some violence going on, but it doesn't. It's a it's a bad time for that. Yeah. Um, right. they're making a Fargo TV show. What? I know. This is not the first time they've tried. Is the Coens involved? No, not at all. So guess what Ryan uh, will be doing? Yeah, watching the Fargo <laughs> TV show. Right. There was one that they made for, I forget what channel it was. A, it was a network channel some time ago uh, that starred Edie Falco from mm. like from Sopranos fame. And I watched a few minutes of the pilot episode, and it was bad. Because like, I can understand trying to make a show like Fargo, mm-hmm. but... When you start making Fargo, you start having to uh, recast the character of, um, uh, shoot, what's her name? Marge. Uh, Marge. Uh, and she has played so well that to have Edie Falco come in and try to like like adopt that, that same style of the character, it's just it feels really false and gross. And I hate the idea that this is ever going to get made, but I think it's for FX um, uh, or TNT. Either, uh, either way, I can't remember. Um, but that's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're making a. They're still making a twin sequel, and it's gonna be called Triplets. And you know what could make a sequel to Twins worse, dude? If you say Pluto Nash, no, no, no. Pluto Nash is not in this movie. Oh, okay. I mean Eddie Eddie Murphy. Oh, is. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's gonna <laughs> be garbage. This is a horrible idea. How could a guy who's a different race the <laughs> twin of a short and a tall guy yeah <laughs> i i'm pretty sure they're gonna have to they're gonna um they're gonna have to explain that at some point maybe they'll put him in white face there we go <laughs> james what the fuck oh i'm just saying <laughs> you brought up the idea I, i'm just saying maybe that's it i don't even remember twins well enough do they ever explain why one of them is like Ugly and short, and the other one is Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is a franchise where a man had a baby, so um, <laughs> can't, can't, can't be too critical. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, AMC, the theater chain, this week has announced that they're going to release Bully in their theaters, uh, which Bully is the unrated Weinstein movies documentary about, 
well, bullies. And they say the F word a few times. And so they couldn't get a PG-13 rating so that kids could go see it. Um, and so instead of taking an R rating, they released it unrated, which pretty much meant that nobody was going to see it. Uh, and, Cinemark. And also you can't share uh, R-rated movies in schools, which is also where they wanted to show it. Right. Exactly. Um, and so Cinemark has already said they're not going to show it. Regal has not said whether or not they're going to show it or not. Um, but AMC this week said they are going to show it. And not only that, but they're going to let kids in to see the the, the movie if they have either an uh, an adult with them or they, there's going to be like a permission slip that they can have filled out and signed. Uh, and then that, which for them to build that kind of an infrastructure to a, for this movie is pretty crazy. Um, it's, it's sort of that first sign that maybe the Weinstein's releasing this unrated was the right thing to do. Um, and it might actually sway some people in their favor and take a little power away from the NBAA, which would be kind of cool. Um, I'm also just glad because it means I'm going to get to see the movie. Yeah. I was afraid it was just going to get canned and I'd have to wait till the DVD, but um, now it doesn't look like that. Which is cool. is their own kind of bully. What? The MPAA is their own kind of bully. Yeah, there's a certain there's a certain irony yeah, to this well, whole well, fight. Even like, I don't... Why do... Uh, why are uh, theaters so afraid of putting a movie in there that's not rated? Who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's nobody... As far as I know, there's nobody to like enforce them or come nobody to come back it's not a it's not a law like yeah it's like a guideline you know what i mean technically you don't have to you can let anybody you want into a rated r movie it's just a guideline it's not yeah a law well i mean the fear it's more of a fear factor it's more that they they it's the same thing that kept the comics code in line which was that they were afraid that people would not support a theater that did not yeah. hold fast to this organization and eventually an when, organization when, that's totally archaic and doesn't need to exist. Yeah, <laughs> and is now backwards and broken and yeah. run improperly. Yeah, that's, and, that's another thing. But yeah, I know, yeah. You, know, you know what I mean though? Like, why are they so afraid of the MPAA? What right. are they going to do to them? Well, and that's the thing is that in the 80s when uh, Stanley sort of challenged that and then ended up breaking down the comics code, um, that all happened because suddenly stores realized like, oh, we can put books on the shelves that don't have this code on it and people will still buy yeah, it and people will still come to our store. Nobody gives a shit. If the same thing happens in theaters, then... I think the, that's actually you know. a good thing. I think if the... <laughs> If they uh, Bob and Harvey can pull this off, I think it's I think it speaks huge volumes. Yeah, that I mean, uh, do you do you and, don't you know what I mean? Like if people yeah. are so self aware, even with like social media and all the internet, that people already know that bully has curse words in it. Like, yeah, you don't have to have a rating telling me that there's curse words and, in it. Yeah, if the box underneath it just said like rated PG thirteen for extreme language, or or exactly. just said has extreme language in it, you know, yeah, where he says uses the f word how about that multiple <laughs> times um that would be f that would be fine well, well, yeah, everybody knows I like mean, the the ratings now are so ridiculous uh for i forget what movie it was what zombie movie maybe it was zombie land it says for extreme graphic zombie violence yeah there's an actual zombie violence part so i mean yeah it's stupid the fact that the rules are such that if you go to see the italian job that's okay it's a pg-13 movie mm -hmm. if you go to see the italian job twice in a row you just heard the f-bomb twice which means it's a it's a rated r movie because <laughs> see what i did there because if you saw the movie twice in a row you heard the f-bomb twice because there's one and that's yep. now where you're looking at me confused Anyway, yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyways, maybe it smells bad in this house. So, booth. did you see that Ron Burgundy was on Conan O'Brien? I did, and he announced that Anchorman Two will start filming very soon. Yeah, he sort of said that they've they've come to terms, which makes it sound like that's part of the reason we haven't seen a sequel yet is because yeah. there were I, I think some kind of argument. Yeah, probably the biggest thing would be to my in my estimation is all those guys are really big stars now. Yeah, and so it's probably really hard. For them, I, I don't know if the money is a big thing, but maybe their schedules yeah. is really hard to, you know, get them all in the same room. And they're guys that, like you say, they're they've all been busy, so it's something that they could they could be patient and wait for a a, a good idea, not necessarily a good script, but yeah. a good idea for what that movie should be about. Have you uh, seen the the lost movie of Ron Burgundy called Wake Up, Ron Burgundy? No, I haven't. It's Anchorman, but what happened is, I mean, obviously. It's they shot a whole different movie and then they went back and I mean, it's kind of funny. It's not as funny as the panda bear thing. Yeah. It's about this. I don't even remember. It's so ridiculous, but they would like, you could tell like where scenes were just edited differently to fit the panda bear movie. Mm. 
opposed to the movie that they originally shot. Huh. And uh, they yeah, they went back and reshot it and everything. You can totally tell. Um, but it's kind of interesting. What does that say about the unrated version of, of Anchorman? Like, what... If there's, because I can understand there being cutting room floor footage that like, yeah, you know, I'll have here's to, some racy stuff they put back in. No, but it's not if racy. There's a whole though, other it's movie. Like, it's a whole other plot. Right. Like, no, that's what I. Yeah. yeah. It's. I mean, you'd have to. You'd have to watch. I can't really explain it to you. Um, but I mean, it's it's an hour and twenty minutes long. Wow. And yeah. Man. It, it's. Uh, I mean, there's no um, Baxter being punted into the the uh, the ocean or anything. And, what? Yeah. That oh. whole that whole little subplot was put in later that's Just, crazy yeah. it's it sounds kind of like how they made groundhog's day and started filming that movie with a, with a completely different script mm-hmm. and basically rewrote the script as they filmed the movie um only that came out to be one of the greatest comedy movies of all time um anyway when bill murray was funny yeah i know he looks funny in uh what's the new uh sunshine what's the new Moonrise Western? kingdom moonrise kingdom oh yeah he looks funny in that one yeah he's usually pretty good in wes anderson movies yeah but yeah, so we have that to look forward to, and that's good. Yahoo. Cool. Brad, you don't have any more news, do you? No, nah, I had the digital thing, so. You <laughs> did. And the Anchorman thing. Nice. Cool. So I guess we'll go into what we've been watching. Um, I watched a couple things. I, I, I'll i just, I'll be really quick with the first one. I rewatched Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Oh, yeah? And uh, yeah, the Blu-ray is amazing. I mean, it looks so good. Yeah. And uh, the supplemental features are typical fincher where it's really good i'm really interested to listen to his commentary because um, he's usually pretty detailed and uh yeah so yeah the movie is uh i think the movie is really good and uh yeah <laughs> i don't need really need to say anything else about it but uh the other two things i watched was maybe the worst robert downey jr movie i've ever seen what and maybe one of the best ones i've ever seen what i'm excited um so i watched in dreams which stars annette benning and Ugh. adrian quinn is that his name Aiden Quinn, whatever. Aiden, yeah. Aiden Quinn. Um, she stars as a woman who has terrible dreams. Terrible dreams about kids being killed. Terrible dreams. Please tell me this is the good movie. No, this is oh. a terrible movie. Um, and then one day she, her daughter is in a Snow White play, and she's the uh, the mirror. And then afterwards, Annette Benning is all the, talking to all the other kids and having fun, but then her daughter goes missing. And then her daughter's murdered. That's pretty sad. But uh, <laughs> but she she dreams about her daughter being murdered, but she didn't know it was her daughter until after her daughter was murdered in her dreams. Oh, so she was having dreams about a girl being murdered yeah. and then realized that it they was were her, her daughter being her murdered. Her daughter. Oh, that's messed up. And then when she went into a coma because she tried to kill herself, then the dreams she was having were shared by the killer. Is Robert Downey Jr. the killer? Robert Downey Jr. is the killer. Oh! Which sounds like a cool premise because, you know, Robert Downey Jr. as a bad guy yeah. is sounds really cool. But the movie is terrible. Like It's oh. it's not uh, written very well, and the music in it is so distracting because it's... Um, every part that leads up to the murder or after the murder is so, like, melodramatic, and then the music just overbears it where it's tons of strings and it's too loud in the mix. Yeah. So it's like, you should feel sad for Annette Benning right now. And then Annette Benning's character choice in it was really annoying. She played that she was going crazy because she was sharing dreams with this killer. And But it's so stupid because she was dreaming about having, she was having dreams about what the killer was about to do that she was sharing with the killer, but she was going crazy. So no one wanted to help her. And you think if she was a sane thinking woman, she said she would be like, well, if people think I'm crazy and I'm acting crazy and no one's listening to me, why don't I just act normal and then try to stop, you know, Robert Downey Jr. from killing more people. And then Robert Downey Jr. plays both the mother and father character like he's deranged. So he, every mm. once in a while he gets this like really high voice. and But then he's really violent. <laughs> Dude, it's bizarre and not good. You is, do not need is, to watch it. Is Robert Downey Jr. at least pretty good? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's always pretty good. I mean, he he does play it pretty well. Um, because, I mean, even when you're given a script, and I mean, he's basically playing two characters in one. And so he'll be running around in a really high voice, and then he'll go crazy, and he'll be, like, deep and serious. So it's kind of, I mean, he's kind of terrifying in that way. Yeah. Because you don't see him like that ever. And then he actually survives at the end, where Annette Benning does not. So there could be an In Dreams too. 
Well, no, I'll tell you the ending unless you guys don't want me to spoil the uh, ending for yeah, you. I'm a real big Annette Benning fan, so really, no, I'm. I, she's yeah. a terrible actress. She is. She's, I I I knew this was the bad movie when you said Annette Benning. You know, she's the only part of Richard the Third I can't stand. Ooh, the rest of it is so good. But when she reads like Shakespeare, she sounds like she's reading Shakespeare. She doesn't sound like she's acting Shakespeare. Where Ian McKellen, it's just natural. You know, he's walking and it flows and it sounds so nice coming from him but then when she reads shakespeare it's like she's reading it she's not acting there's a movie called the grifters with mm-hmm. john cusack i remember nothing about it except for a scene where annette benning takes all her clothes off and it's scorched into my memory <laughs> that would burn me forever too yeah anyways so um annette benning falls into the water where her the same lake where her daughter was body was, was found oh and then her daughter says it's okay come with me so annette benning dies and robert Downey she like Jr. kills herself uh no she like falls into this <laughs> it's so stupid but like she lets herself drown yeah she lets herself drown to be with her daughter and her husband was murdered too dude by fuck robert her Downey life Jr. yeah so she just decided oh, she was gonna die okay so at the end robert Downey jr's in a new mental institution because you know he killed people right and then as he's going to sleep He's haunted by the ghost of Annette Benning. Ah, oh, man. She's going to spend eternity haunting a crazy man? Mm-hmm. This is the happy ending? Yeah. That's silly. Yeah, it was terrible. I don't think I want to see that movie. So the other movie I saw, though, was amazing. What was it? It's called The Last Party. And Robert Downey Jr. makes a documentary about the 1992 presidential election. And, uh, I mean, he's only, I think, 23 at the time. Yeah. And it's him going to the Democratic convention and the Republican convention and interviewing people there and um, problems that everybody's having in society. And, dude, it blew my mind. Because, one, you can tell Robert Downey Jr. is on drugs because he's, <laughs> he's like, really unhinged in it. And he's, yeah. he's so uh, um, eccentric through the whole thing. Like, he, guy's on Wall Street. And he's... Uh, <laughs> The guy he like really started talking to was this like totally steroided up dude. He's like, "Oh fuck up, fuck poor people, man. I fuck them. I hate them." And and you know, Robert Downey Jr. is like, "Really, dude?" It's like, and then he he they talk about you know the difference between being poor and being um you know rich, and you know the, all the Wall Street people are saying greed is good, being funny, you know, referencing Wall Street. Yeah, and uh, but then he'll go to the, like there's so many touching moments in it. He was uh, running through central park and just his underwear and then he stopped <laughs> and he decided he was going to meditate and all these people are gathered around and asking him questions and then this little boy like started making fun of him he's like you're stupid man you run around here and you're jockeys and you have zits on your face and you're like what the fuck is this kid's problem <laughs> but then it then the next scene is um him sitting down with this boy and uh he says uh, you know what's what's wrong man are you, are you upset or something he says, no, nah, man, I love my mom, but I hate my dad. And he talks about how he doesn't like how his parents are divorced and how much he hates his dad. And that, and it's, and you know, Robert Downey Jr. is just talking to him and dude, it's crazy. And like, he's so good in it. And I think because he's such a good actor and he's so charismatic that he makes a really good interviewer. Yeah. Um, my, I have a couple of favorite scenes. One, he's walking through the back of the um, DNC and he passes, this guy looks, stops and looks at him double t- time. He's like, I know, you love me and chances are. And it's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, and uh, another scene I really enjoyed is he was at the Republican National Convention. There's two scenes there. One, he's uh, talking to um, these, this rally of Republicans. And this girl stands up and she says, you know what, being PC is worse than... Uh, than what it was during the McCarthy era. And he does like a double play. He's like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> and uh, it, it was crazy. And then he went, uh, there's, uh, these black people were just protesting George Bush and were pissed off and they're yelling. You don't see Robert Downey Jr. is like behind the camera. And he's, and they say, yeah, we're tired of you fucking people, the black people. And, and then it cuts to Robert Downey Jr. Like the camera pans to him. He's not wearing a shirt. He's like, wait, me? <laughs> and he's like, well, you're white, aren't you? And then he takes them to like the ghetto and explains why their life is hard. And you have to see this movie. You can't. It's only on VHS or I got it on Amazon Instant Video. It's two bucks. Oh, man. But like, it's crazy. And he, you, he I mean, you can tell towards the end he's a, he's a Democrat, but he plays both sides. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. you know, George uh, Bush has problem connecting with poor america but clinton has all his skeletons closing you know, affairs and stuff like that so it's kind of an interesting 
documentary and uh i mean there's just some scenes that just they're like yeah dude you're right like there's uh he goes with these people to go get their welfare check and food stamps and then he walks door next door to um their neighbors and their neighbors are like yeah we have so much money and i don't know why people just can't work i work all the time and so robert tangier says well what would i what would i what if i told you that your neighbors are struggling and they don't have bread or food or anything what would you do for them and she's like one um i let her watch my kids so i pay her for babysitting like (laughs) what (laughs) but yeah it it is a a movie that totally caught me off guard and i didn't expect a kind of movie with him in it yeah um so it's kind of interesting and i i mean everybody should check it out because it's a a side of him you won't see yeah that sounds really cool and yeah so i i loved it did you know that's what it was before you watched it i knew it was a documentary about the democratic convention yeah but i didn't know it was him really going through and talking to a bunch of people just random people and then he took up the cause for fighting aids and it's really cool and he wore colorado rockies hat in it (laughs) so nice yeah it was great so i mean you can just uh, yeah you have to watch it it really it like it really touched me because uh, not so much uh because the election but like how things haven't really changed very much and if you just replace a few things you know it's weird that it's not on DVD. That's you know, I I'd expect it to get be something with like a Criterion collection of it because it's not you know, it's really obscure. Yeah, but I mean, there's uh, uh, Sean Penn's in it. Um, Richard Lewis. He interviews all these celebrities and he asks them about what's going on and how they feel. And I mean, it's definitely something you should check out if you ever have the opportunity. Dollar hmm. ninety nine on Amazon Instant Video. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting and uh, yeah. There's a couple other funny parts. I can't really remember them. Oh, when he's talking about Wall Street, about how fake they are and how they're driven by money. And it's, and then he goes to see his dad. His dad's so proud of him that he's actually trying to get a message out there. And um, it's interesting. It's interesting. So you should check it out. And he does a goat boy. And it, you have to see. What? <laughs> he's, he's so weird. And uh, it's funny, though. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I saw this week was uh, a bunch of crazy things. Totally different. Everything I saw this week was totally different. Brad, what did you see this week? Um, I think I'll save. Well, I only saw one thing, too. So yeah. we can just talk. Be- Mad Men came back this week. Boring. Uh, yeah, Ryan's going to turn off for this part. <laughs> but, oh, man, it was a breath of fresh air. Having uh, it, I've missed this show so much. No, the only th- one positive thing I will say about Mad Men is I think the acting is amazing in it. The acting is great. And the thing is, I think, like... Uh, for me, it is like some of the purest storytelling because it, at its most basic level, it is just characters. It is simply, I love these people, I love these characters, and their problems are normal problems. And usually they are different every episode or, or you know, they're, they, you know, they change as things go on. But it was just, it was so fantastic. Just to be back in that place again, it was great. Um, it was, it, <laughs> I, I've told the story already to the guys, but, uh, like 50 minutes in i didn't realize that it was a that it was a two-hour episode and i was thinking like oh man it's gonna end sometime in here and none of this stuff is wrapped up what are they gonna do and then i looked and it was there was still another 30 minutes or so left in the episode and i was so happy um so it was great it was just brad what did you think are you excited that it's back i was surprised uh like i'm not a huge Mad Men fan um but uh I, i do think it's a good show um i was surprised that like I got into it last year, so I didn't have the whole two-year wait thing going oh, on. Okay, I was like, yeah. oh, my God, finally it's back. It was just like, you know, I watched all the previous seasons uh, towards the end of last year, and I figured hearing that they were gone for so long, they would have, like, come back with something, like, instantly in the first hour that would really grab you. Like, Yeah. But it, it was a really slow crawl. Like, all the cool stuff I and thought happened Man. in the second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weren't you gone? Get out, go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Don't derail me. Um, all well, the like, more interesting stuff for me happened in the second hour, which yeah. after the uh, Draper's wife went on the balcony, I, 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 I didn't understand the two-hour thing either. Um, I, I knew it was two hours, but because of the way the guide was set up, I yeah. expected one hour at one point. So I was like, really? This is going to end here? Like, They had a party. That was oh, it. yeah. And so then the second it, half You, you sort of felt like it was going to end on this real down note. Where it was like, oh, okay, well, she threw him a party and he doesn't like it because he's Dawn and you should know that you're his wife. Right. And then she goes out on the balcony and is sad and then it fades black for a second. And also in that first hour, I felt like a lot of the characters were kind of... actually didn't... I felt like they were reading the scripts 
like in just saying the lines out the script like it, there <laughs> were, a lot of the scenes had typical hey we're back how have you been good all right oh hey how you doing how was your summer you know they seemed very just it wasn't going anywhere and then yeah the after the party things picked up and huh. I, was, I was back into it and I then they had so. that baby ass shot which uh introduced my dad to the show and he's not watching anymore so wait the what they have that close oh. up of the baby's oh, asshole the baby. and balls <laughs> wait, yeah wait, what yeah there is a naked baby in the episode the, like in the first five minutes there's an asshole and baby balls in it yeah. well they're not like zooming in on it there's a woman changing a baby and and, and, and that made your dad up, like, not want to watch it he was really into like the music, and all of a sudden, then they have that close-up shot of the baby's ass crack <laughs> from underneath, and then the balls hanging down. And he's like, "What's what's this?" And then he took off. Like, really? Shortly after. Wow, that was his that was his shutdown on yeah. Mad Men. Baby ass. My uh, my, my mom stuck it out. <laughs> my dad and uncle walked in during an episode. I was watching it at my uncle's house once, and they were out doing something, and they got home right at, at a scene when like Betty Draper was laying on the couch and starting to touch herself. And you were, and, and that's when they walked in, and they were like, "Wait, what is going on?" I was like, "Ah, it's this Mad Men. It's okay. <laughs> Just uh, leave it alone." And you're like, "Don't worry, it'll be boring eventually." Yeah. <laughs> no. They, they didn't walk in the part where the their daughter touches herself either. Oh man. Ooh. Oh, Sally. Sally is a foot and a half taller now. Oh, that I was the like weirdest thing. Like she popped up out of bed, and I was like, "No, you're not Sally Draper." I feel like Mad Men throws in like subver- subversive stuff like that just to. Like, well, just for hype purposes, like so people are talking about it later. Like, no, 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 dude, that's uh, no one's ever done a you know little girl masturbating, you know, in a drama before on TV. No, 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 no. no. When, <laughs> Let's when throw you, that in there. When you talk about the fifties and the way that they're talking, or then at this point the sixties, uh, in the way that they're talking about it, you have to talk about that sort of um, sexually repressed kind of culture. Um, I mean this. They they never say it outright, but this is sort of a a offshoot of Revolutionary Road, uh, Richard Yates' novel, um, and that's what that is about. Like it's that's always been a pretty strong um, underlying theme. I mean, it's not yeah like uh, that character will have that moment, but it's more how that moment ties into the culture as a whole. Um, I don't I I don't think they're doing it for shock value. It's um, it's more that they feel like they're they're pulling back the curtain on how things they think things actually were, um, but you'll never see this on the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. From that era. Exactly. No, you yeah. never would. I mean, that's because of that's part of what the atmosphere at the time was. Or the um, Beaver. That's probably a better reference. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I loved Roger through the whole thing. Was just yeah. begging to get punched in the face. And he is one of my favorite characters, so that was that was fantastic. Yeah, right out of the gate, he's just like being <laughs> a dick yeah. to everybody. It's well, and, and because it's another season where they've clearly jumped forward in time, some like the status quos have changed a little bit. Um, so uh, that's part of it is that they're having to catch you up because not only have we been away for two years, but because for reasons like with Sally Draper, you know, she has to be two years older, so they have to jump forward enough and say like, okay. This is this is where things are and start catching us up. Um whereas the last couple of seasons they could do right in a row and so they didn't have to do that. But um so I can kinda I didn't feel the way you felt, but I totally understand where you're coming from. I I, I can see how somebody would pick that up. Um I thought it was great and I'm I'm glad to have it back, that's for sure. It'll make Sundays nice. Do you watch anything else? Uh I watched the uh six days to air South Park documentary on the new South Park D V D. It's awesome. It's uh, fascinating. It's like watching my dream job, going in to my own animation studio at 8 in the morning, spending like three hours coming up with ideas and then having other people put it together. <laughs> <laughs> you know what made me laugh is when Trey Parker was doing the uh, the Asian voice. He's like, oh, it's just so... I forget what part of that. Yeah, I love when they're, they're in the, yeah, and they're in the sound booth yeah, and just awesome. giggling. And they're like, yeah, we're 40 years old and we still get a crack out of... Uh, you know, fart jokes and when, shit jokes. How did you see it, Ryan? Uh, the documentary? Yeah, it was, it was on, on Comedy Central. Comedy Central. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Because I, I had seen, like, clips of it mm. online, but I hadn't seen the whole thing, and I wasn't sure if it was, like, on Netflix or something. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I saw it on Comedy Central. Cool. 
And so, yeah, that was just, it's, it's not long. It's, I think, what, a half hour documentary? Uh, mm. Well, it was an hour on TV. So, yeah, probably 42 minutes, something like 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just kind of chronicles them obviously taking six days to air an episode and then, um, you know, coming off the Book of Mormon, they're already sapped for ideas and just struggling. Yeah, with actually, that's my favorite part of the documentary is they're like, oh, we just have no idea, no idea. And then all of a sudden, yeah. they just snap and then they they know what they're doing. And it's pretty amazing, I think. Mm-hmm. It seems like Trey Parker works so much better when he's under pressure and he needs <laughs> to get it out there. And uh, yeah, he says something there about saying, like, thank God it's six days, because if, if I had weeks to do this, it probably wouldn't get done. Yeah, <laughs> I'd second guess everything and, you know, redo stuff and the deadline really actually helps yeah, me get it done. That's what I mean. Like he yeah. works against the pressure so well that yeah. it really adds to a show. And he hates writing. He says it's the worst part of the process because it's lonely. <laughs> and how much, mm. and, and then did he write like six minutes too long or something for that episode? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's a lot to cut out. Yeah. Or he'll write a bunch of stuff and, um, standards will have to cut it out and then like uh yeah standards yeah, oh the standards when the producer was... has to talk to standards <laughs> yeah, and it's some lady so the, awesome. the shit's in the one's mouth no you don't see the shit um <laughs> <laughs> just the sound of it uh and then yeah later on they talk about how south park at this point like if you're complaining about south park or getting offended by it are you really that surprised you know <laughs> yeah they, it's almost to the point where they can't really be shocking at all anymore because people expect them to be shocking or like show you something that you wouldn't <laughs> normally s- expect to see. And yeah, they've crossed so many lines that at this point there aren't many lines cro- left to cross either. Yeah, to where yeah you you just expect you just see it coming ahead of times. You know, yeah. So there's no surprise elements. It's like oh yeah, I totally expected them to be and something shocking. And you, yeah, you sort of stop noticing that they that things that they've been doing for a long time are still really racist and offensive, like the Asian voices and stuff like that. That when it started, though, was a big deal. But now is like, well, that's just that's just South Park. Yeah, you know, it's um, I, I've read interviews with directors too, um, like the director for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He said that uh, a lot of times now that um the MPAA or censors know what kind of movie you're making. So now they kind of just let you do it. And yeah. uh, I mean, there's still obviously still limits, but it, it's, it's interesting. Cause he says he'd really never ran into a big problem. Well, the newer one uh, that you'd never ran into a problem because they knew that they were making this type of movie. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that same thing with South Park is everyone knows what it is and they know they cross the line, but it's a line that they expect, I guess. Yeah. And so that goes into, I was, because I had the DVD, I was watching season 15, which I saw half of on TV and then the later half uh, I'm just now getting to. And uh, it's kind of showing it's, you can kind of see the lack of ideas, like them struggling to put stuff together. It doesn't seem as crisp and strong as like past satires they've done on some of their episodes. Um, but I mean, still pretty good, better than most stuff out there. They, um, I I sort of watch it just every now and then I'll catch an episode or so. Mm-hmm. Um and that that season in particular I think is when they were being stressed the most as far as the Book of Mormon and all that stuff. Yeah, isn't the that last episode kind of exa- in that one where they talk about that where it's like this is the last episode or I'm pretty sure that one is where Stan, Stan's parents get separated. Yeah. This is oh, the, it's, it's the last one. The halfway point in that yeah. season, yeah. One well, and, and isn't that the season where there's like there's the NASCAR episode? Isn't that in that season? No, or is I that think the season the before? One, yeah. Oh, okay. Because that one too. This feels one has the stressed. human centipede and then the ah. crack baby football <laughs> league. And uh, there's one I started last night but fell asleep halfway through. Not because it was boring. I was just super tired. But yeah. um, it was part of the second half of the season that I hadn't seen yet. And that uh, it was uh, is a satire of the 1% or 99 the, Yeah, you know, the 1%. Yeah. And that seemed really crisp and like strong. But, right. Um, but I'm not saying it's a uh, like weak. I'm just saying like you can really tell yeah. like how overworked they are right. with the Book of Mormon exactly. and the show together. Like they're just like totally burnt out. I was just gonna say because I saw an episode a couple of weeks ago which was uh, about the, all the cash for gold stuff, which was fantastic. One of the finest episodes of theirs I've seen in a while. Nice. Just as far as being funny, like as far as the satire is concerned, like it was whatever. They weren't trying to do a lot there, but. It was it was a funny episode, and they let they let some some jokes drag and let some awkward moments get in there, and it was good. Nice, yeah, awesome. So we'll get to the movie we saw this week. Brad, should people go and see Wrath of the Titans? Uh, I guess if you like the first one, 
sure why not, but um, I didn't see the first one, so I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see. I've seen bits of the first one, and uh, you know, it's it's action, I guess, but it's not particularly good action. I would say no. Like the little things that I think are slightly redeeming and slightly cool about this movie would be. Uh, just as middling and mediocre on TV when the DVD comes out or when it shows on FX in five years. So, no, do not go see this movie. I agree. I don't think you should go see it. But, hey, maybe the trailer will change your mind. Perseus, I need your help. We believed Titans to be in prison forever. Now, we're breaking free. There's a way we can end this. What are you waiting for? Prepare! There for what? Oblivion. But probably not. The the thing I didn't get... Okay, so, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll start... I don't even want to describe the plot in this movie because it really wasn't one, but... Which is maybe the best thing about this movie. Yeah, I mean, it literally just goes from one set piece to the next. Yeah. And I was talking to Rafe before we left. I said, who knew an action movie could be so fucking boring? Yeah. Right, Rafe? Right, uh, the other Ryan. The other Ryan. Oh. Yeah. Rafe. R-A-I-F. No, Rafe. Ralph. No, Rafe. R-A-I-F. Who? Rafe, right? Anyway, so uh, so I was telling Ryan after the <laughs> yeah. thing that the that the action is just so boring. Like, yeah, you know, and, and uh, the one part I didn't get too was so he's flying on the Pegasus and he's coming to uh, Queen Andromeda. Sure, yeah. I don't even remember <laughs> Rosamund Rosamund Pike. And uh, all of a sudden, like, all the archers like, shoot it down, let's get him. And then the next scene yeah. cuts, and they're like, woo, Perseus. Like, well, she was telling him not to, and then I guess they understood, like, oh, she's, he's Perseus. But she's like, hold your fire, hold your fire. And then How in this world cheering. does everybody know? Yeah. That's your first crack. But that's not, yeah. My yeah. first one's like, oh, no, I mean, Hades not- bands with Ares to release uh, Kronos and get back at Zeus. And then by the end of the movie, they're buddies again? <laughs> like, yeah, I, that that part I kind of liked. I, my problem with this movie was I didn't realize that it wasn't rated R going in. I just sort of assumed, like, well, it's Wrath of the Titans. This has to be a rated R movie, right? There's like, only one Titan. Duh. In it. <laughs> um, but it's not. And so, like, when he fights the crack, when he fights the the Chimera at the beginning, he doesn't rip its head off or like rip its tail off. There's no blood. There's no like actual hardcore violence, which. I think maybe just because I'm coming into this as a fan of God of War, like that's what I want this to be. <laughs> like I really want this to be just this awesome, you just ultra violent kind of movie, and it's it's so not that that then the violence is just sort of it's just sort of passe, you know? It's kind of pedestrian for like a CG movie. Um, that then there's nothing there's nothing that makes it special. You know what I mean? Yes. Whereas if if, if I got to see him tear the head off of a chimera, that would be great. But uh, that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's you know, you're right. I mean, it, it seems like it's and his stupid kid. Like they should have they should have had the chimera eat that kid. Yeah, like in a better, better movie, give him a motivation. Right. To, yeah. Then he's just pissed, and yeah. he's like, "No, I'm gonna go and just kill all the gods." Yeah, and at the end where um, you know he's meeting Ares at the Temple of Gods, and he walks in, and all of a sudden you see Ares, and he just pulls his kid randomly from behind a pillar. You're like, what the oh, fuck? That whole scene is so bizarrely shot, because then like, the way that it ends is like they're fighting for a while, and then the kid is there, and he's got like... He he picks up a sword or something, and then Ares like, stares at him and walks over. If you looked, he was crying. Then, he was touched that... A son would oh. fight for his father. Oh, is that supposed to be what yeah, I was getting? Yeah, but I mean, oh. 
That's why he. But he got it doesn't explain why Ares acts the way he does. No, That's, it doesn't. That was not my problem. Is no, the way it was all. shot. It was like Ares stares at him for a while, and then looks back, and he's gone, and then we look around, and then he gets hit, and it's just like it just. And I cut guess, in such a bizarre um, way that Percy's can take a way bigger beating than anybody else because he's yeah. driven through marble like sixteen times. Well, yeah. he's supposed to be like Hercules. Well, yeah, I understand. They don't that. really but make that a, clear because then like he gets cut and stuff, and yeah, then they got to him up. But, he's a demigod. I get that part, yeah. but they never really explain that he has. Did they explain in the uh, first one about Ares's beef with Zeus? No, or is that just I don't think Ares no. was in the first one. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. That's the impression I. They guess. don't. They don't actually understand any of the mythology because, like, okay, I was really excited. This is weird, but when they said they were going to go see Hephaestus, I was like, "This is awesome," because Hephaestus to me is maybe the most interesting Greek god character because he's got he's got a little more depth to him. You know, he's like crippled. Huh. Well, he's crippled uh, and. He's sort of ugly, and he's given uh, Aphrodite as a wife, but she doesn't like him because he's ugly, so she has sex with everybody, including Ares, and so he locks her up for a while, uh, and just, like, that character to me sounds really, really interesting, but they turn him into, like, this crazy hermit, and then there's a scene where Hephaestus is going to fight Ares, and I was like, cool, like, go over there and bitch slap him and be mad at him because he's sleeping with your wife, or at least some at some point did you know but they don't they don't actually understand that there's any connection between those characters like they just sort of you know they understand on a very surface level the mythology um and then don't they don't give it any depth so i don't understand like it's just it's just dudes they're not they're not special in any way yeah and i mean it's it's the plot was so incoherent too it's yeah. and the editing was bizarre i mean the part where he was freeing zeus from his molten rock it's uh he started to lift up the rock and he's he's like son use your strength and then the queen chick i forget her name all the time um goes to like hit zeus's arm and then all of a sudden his feet are free and then um percy's knocks one of his arms off didn't someone get their arm cut off yeah there was a thing it looks like that but it's just like a rock falls over or something like it's really weird you're right because there's like you'll get clips of like other stuff falling and hitting other things that don't really make sense with what we're watching. Uh, because there was one point where I thought that, like, I thought that Perseus had fallen off of something and hit his head or something, and then I realized, like, oh, that wasn't him. That was something else, I guess. How does Perseus get out of Kronos at the end? Uh, Kronos he, explodes. And yeah, he flies he, in his mouth, and then he just keeps on flying straight down, then Kronos explodes, and then he's uh, all right. He's flying out. He's okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> the he, Pegasus got hit with magma and survived that. So yeah. I guess it's not Perseus held up magma. a wooden board against fire from the whatever two-headed thing so yeah the camera <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right <laughs> but, but a, a wooden shield does not burn so fast that like spraying fire at it would necessarily make it disintegrate but there's heat no there <laughs> is it is yeah no it was dumb yeah uh, uh there was a great line though uh, there was one funny line and that was at the end where percy's son went oh. to uh so the navigator good. and what do you say well the f- the first good line is that he says come over and meet your uncle navigator <laughs> and you're like wait well, you can't really call yourself navigator uh and then he says uh his son comes over and says uh i hear that you were a great disappointment and he goes yes i am great yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like a high school kid like oh it was so good high school dialogue type it took line. three it writers Three writers to make one good line yeah. in the whole movie. movie. Yeah, because yeah. they also tried to put funny parts in it, you know, with... Yeah. I guess they're trying to make Sam Worthington's character more human in this yeah. one. Where they're like, oh, we'll have him get hit by Pegasus' wings and... <laughs> yeah. The Pegasus but, uh, will punch him back, yeah. And then I guess all you have to do is... Um, and two, okay, back to editing. So they're, you know, fighting these Cyclops... And all of a Which sudden, were the worst CGI yeah, Cyclops. Oh, oh. But he jammed the sword up on that one Cyclops's hand, and then they cut away, and then they cut back, and there's all these other guys helping him all of a sudden. Yeah. Where the fuck well, are Well, and why Why couldn't the, the thing just pull its hand off of the sword? Yeah. yeah. It, it made no sense at all. Uh. I mean, I think the ideas behind him could be cool. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I, even actually, I thought the, the the part leading up to the Cyclops, with the way it was shot, where you could you kind of saw him in the background and stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's kind of cool, even though you knew it was Cyclops already. I mean, it's a little cliche, but, but yeah. But, yeah, but, you know, I mean, it just creates atmosphere, at least. Yeah, absolutely. It's doing something. Yeah. But, like, that, back to that scene with the shield, like, when that started and he holds up the wooden shield for the fire, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like, you're going to address the fact that he just held up a wooden shield and, like, it'll burn and cinder and stuff and the fire get at him and he'll have to 
toss it down and he'll be a little bit defeated by that or whatever, you know. But they they make no deal of it at all. Like he uses a shield, throws it away and runs somewhere else and you're like, "No, there are there are little chances where they could do something cool and show us something interesting." And I feel like they just sort of skip past it. Does the chimera have a snake tail? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a it's a goat and a lion with a snake for a tail. Like the only time you see the snake part is for that one shot. Yeah, it's because they didn't have the balls to actually make it a snake because they figured that looked weird, I guess. But probably cool in three D. By the way, we didn't see it in three D. Yeah, no. we did not. Oh, I bet that 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 opening WB on the really bad CG rock would have looked real cool in three D, like I, swimming underwater in three D. <laughs> I will give the movie one thing though: the Kronos CGI looked pretty sweet. Yeah, it did. It did. Oh, no, yeah. it's just like the and first the, one. The Kraken looked amazing. Yeah, and the and the uh, I think the the design of the chimera and sort of the look of it, the CG was not always great, but for the most part, I thought it was, you know, pretty good for that level of movie, especially by comparison to those, no, even uh, the, uh, those, uh, Cyclopses. Yeah. Well, the monsters too, with the dudes on the back and the dude in the front. Yeah. Those yeah. The cool. two dudes on one dude's legs. The I mean, Gemini soldiers. That's why I call them. Gemini soldiers. Why? Cause duality. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought those looked pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's parts that looked cool, but it just the movie was boring. You think it'd be like yeah. really cool, you know, to see gods fighting and yeah. You know. I mean, it's the same problem. That, you know, the first movie, uh, reportedly, when Louis Leterrier wanted to make that movie, he was like, okay, it's just going to be Perseus decides that he's going to go and like fight the gods and defeat the Kraken or whatever. And, or he's going to pick a fight with the gods and they're going to send the Kraken at him. And that's the whole movie. It's just like him beating up monsters so he can beat the Kraken at the end. Uh, but then producers and all of that sort of wedged all of this story into it that did to that movie apparently what they did then did to this one, which is just slowed it down so much and, and sucked so much of the action out of it that, it's, it, yeah, it gets boring. It's like I don't actually care about any of that stuff. I just want a God of War movie. I just want mm-hmm. a pissed off dude fighting giant monsters. You know, and not Hades being bummed that he's banished, so he releases the most dangerous thing on the planet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then when Zeus well, apologizes, he's like, "No, no, no, that's not why Hades okay. releases it. Huh? That's not why Hades releases it. Like they, I, I think the story itself is kind of cool, which is that because people are not believing in the gods anymore, the walls of of uh, uh, Tenerus are, are starting to fall down, and oh, so that that's what's <laughs> that's what's releasing Kronos. Like Kronos is going to be released anyway. It's just that in order to spare himself, Ares and Hades help Kronos get loose. Well, even the story of uh, Kronos and how Zeus came to be is pretty interesting. I mean, oh, yeah. like the real story is, you know, Kronos would eat his children because he's afraid that they'd overpower him and yeah. take over. And that's cool. <sighs> I mean, they could have had a story there. And, then and there's a cool dynamic there because there's even a line in there where Zeus says, like, don't you remember he tried to kill us? And, you know... uh, Zeus is the one that was saved from being eaten by Kronos. Mm-hmm. Hades was eaten by Kronos. Like there's a mm-hmm. weird dynamic there where one of them actually knows what it's like to be killed by their father and the other one does not. Yeah. And and again, they don't they don't address that. There's no there's really cool stories here and stuff that you could play with that they just sort of skip over. Yeah, I think you know they're just, you know, pandering to unfortunately yeah. the not cool moviegoers like us. You know, I did uh, I was talking to this is totally off topic, but um Meh. Jimmy's kids, my assistant Jimmy, um, his kids hung out with me, uh, us one day at our restaurant, and they asked me if I saw the Hunger Games, and I said, yeah, I did. They said, you like? I said, I did. And they asked me what my favorite scene was, and um, just how you're, you're, you know, you change your taste. You know, my favorite scene is when they're pulling names out of the the lottery, and I love how it was shot, and I love the tension in it, and I that stuff. They said, oh, we liked when people were being killed. And it just... When? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know, like the difference in how your yeah. taste changed. So I mean, oh, maybe if I was younger, I'd appreciate Wrath of the Titans more. Um, I don't know. I mean, but I don't. I mean, I mean yeah, no, I no. Know, if I were younger, I definitely would have. Uh, but I don't know. See, I don't know. I, can I see mean, there are movies, movies that maybe my nephew Parker would like because you know it's just a bunch of guys fighting, and he doesn't care about story. It was dude, your nephew Parker that. really liked Jaws, so yes. he c- clearly cares more about story than <laughs> than you think. He does. It's pretty amazing. He's four, and his favorite movie is Jaws. Uh, Followed closely by Jurassic Park, by And the not way. just like he likes Jaws because it's got sharks and sharks are cool. He likes Jaws because he knew that Chief Brody was going to win. Like, yep. <laughs> that, oh, man, that touches my heart. Well, he was um, he was telling me about Jurassic Park the other day, and that uh, uh, when the T-Rex ate 
the the sheep. He called it a sheep. That's fine. Um, yeah. That he said it was pretty cool that it would shake the ground and the water would shake. Yeah. And then he ate the bad guy. He knew the lawyer was a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I really want to. The only one I've got on my side is the blood sucking lawyer. Yeah. That great scene. But like, you know, that's uh, I do love watching movies with him because I'll never forget episode one. When he asked me where Darth Vader was, as loud as he could in the movie theater, and the whole movie theater just laughed. Where's Darth Vader? Where's Darth Vader in this he's movie? That, he's that I little know. boy. Don't you connect with him? I know. <laughs> I, we all know. Yeah. And he was upset there was no red lightsaber until Darth Maul had one. Because that's his favorite color of lightsaber, by the way, is the red one. As he well, should grow be. to be a Sith. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, Sith have so much power. I'd rather be a Sith. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> we saw yeah. Wrath of the Titans this week. So this is directed by the future director of the next Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles movie. movie so. What do yeah. you think, buddy? Um, uh, pretty much what I expected already from a Michael Bay produced movie. It's going to be light on story and uh, <laughs> the turtles might actually look cool if they're half as good as Kronos. Yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah. I don't think he was bad with the um, the direction, actually. I don't think the action was poorly shot. Yeah, the, the, good, yeah. I mean, it was the, poorly edited, yeah, which was the, partially yeah, his fault. Um, but yeah, the dialogue, I'd be worried about that. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know if that's really not his fault. I mean, that's definitely writing, but it's uh, Jonathan. You said they were the same writers, though. Uh, No, it's not. I was mistaken when I said that. I think he also did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The beginning he did. uh, Yeah, he did Uh, Battle of Los Angeles, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The beginning, which I haven't seen, or and Darkness Falls. Uh, are the I've other seen all of those except for Battle for Los Angeles. Uh, well, Battle Los Angeles is better than Wrath of the Titans by far. So, so you know he unless can do you really action. like the beginning, then he's that's probably his best movie. Um, and yeah, oh, absolutely, he can do action. Oh you no, know. actually, I thought the beginning was actually a that was a good one. It's not bad. Oh. I mean, it's it's pretty grotesque, but I mean, it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So yeah, a, a, he he did actually. I actually do like the visuals in that movie a lot. Makes it grimy and dirty and. Yeah, Brutal. the thing the things about Los, Battle Los Angeles that are bad are not his fault. Hmm. Um, most of that movie is really cool. It's just weird th- scenes like I can help. I'm a veterinarian. That <laughs> lines like that just really break that movie. I just hope there's not like an army of alien Ninja Turtles fighting each other on like a battlefield. Oh, dude, what if there was one Ninja Turtle and he had a spear and he was standing on top of a, like a pyramid and there was all these other Ninja Turtles and they didn't have spears and they were charging up the, the pyramid at him <laughs> and he was like, I you, am the chief per- you, you, predator. You, you, you can't, yeah, you don't, you can't quote a Paul W.S. Anderson movie. Come on. I thought he was talking about Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, His AVP. Yeah, AVP. Yeah. Revenge of the Fallen is different. Actually, that's my favorite scene from that movie. Dude, yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that movie. Yeah. I do. I really that is see Prometheus. That is, that is probably my favorite Paul W. Sanderson movie. Really? Yep. Well, you know. <laughs> Just saying. Because I think the other looks cool. Yeah, he does. I mean, what other... Except when he hand signs what a bomb does to... It. This blows up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and it was dumb as shit. Oh... <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know you can make fun of the lines because he wrote that movie as well. So <laughs> oh, did he really? I don't yeah. remember that. Dude, he writes and directs all his movies. Oh wow! I that's why they're all exactly the same. Oh, we're caught in an underground oh. labyrinth <laughs> with everything changing and monsters are after us. Mm. Is that how Mortal Kombat is? Uh, they're trapped in. No, yeah, there is a part where they're in a labyrinth. Remember, they have to. Uh... Oh, fudge! I haven't seen that movie in so long. But when they're trying to find Goro and stuff, and yeah. When they're they're searching for people and then they find Goro talking with Kano. Mm, that yeah. labyrinth scene in this movie tonight was weird too. That, oh, that was way too long. So they build up how like it's this, you know, this the labyrinth is this mind trick and you're like your worst enemy is your own thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and it's like the laziest labyrinth ever. Like they just kind of stumble through it and then avoid some pitfalls and then fight a minotaur and then bam, well, they're in Tartarus <laughs> well, or whatever. It, move, it moves like cube all of a sudden. Uh, like yeah, it was built like it was gonna be cool. Like oh, you know, they're they're it's the most difficult puzzle the, ever created, and they show all these intricate like just kill the yeah. Just bull like, man. No, all you have to do is is make the bull man run into a wall. That was the other thing. Half of the monsters in the movie he defeats by simply outlasting them until yeah. they defeat themselves. Or, yeah, like, I mean the he, weakest. Perseus was. Perseus fights monster. Monster beats the shit out of Perseus. Per, uh, monster gets stuck in wall. Perseus wins by default. Or Ares, the god of war, 
gets beaten by a chokeout. Yeah. <laughs> what? What the fuck? I was like, I, I was hoping for his. Like, well, no, no. He, he gets stabbed. And, the... He gets stabbed. Yeah. But yeah, but he by gets a little choked, dagger. Yeah. 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 But I was hoping. Yeah. Thinking Perseus, strongest man ever, like would bend him, like break his spine. But no, he yeah. just no. In a rated R version of this out. movie, yeah. he puts him in a sleeper hold, like Brutus of Barber Beefcake. You could bend him in half, and you have to show blood. You can just hear the spine crack, you know, a la uh, Breaking Dawn. <laughs> but you know, in a rated R version of this movie, like he takes that little sword that his son was like carving and stabs Ares in the face, like in the eye, and then blood flies. At me. I've been watching too much Seuss Spartacus. Lighting bolt and no, stabbed him through the chest. Spartacus. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, but. They, there needed to be more heads ripped off. That's what I wanted. I wanted yes. heads ripped off. We want Spartacus. Nah, I yeah. want God of War. Yeah, Straight God up, of War. God of War. Maybe that'll be my next movie pitch. I was going to do my Freddy versus Jason versus Ash movie pitch on our blog, but now maybe I'll do Ghost of Sparta. Who do you cast as Ghost of Sparta, dude? The Rock. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. The Rock isn't bald enough. I don't know. I haven't thought. Yeah, he is. He's completely bald. He, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't have to think about it. I think he'd be awesome, though. Mm. Dude, have you seen Faster? He's angry and just kills people all the time. Have you seen Walking Tall? I have. He beats people with a stick. Yeah, he does. A big 254. He's awesome. Get these strippers out of my town. That's not a line in the movie, but it should be. It would be awesome. Yeah. Guess what? You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, Real underscore Nerds. You can email me directly... RealNerds at gmail.com. You can look forward to seeing us at Starfest coming up really soon. Yeah. Um, April 20th. April 20th. And you can also follow our blog at realnerds.tumblr.com. Hey, and you know what? There's a comic convention in Denver that we'll be at. Come hang out at our booth. We'll have... Come hang out at our booth. We'll have booth babes, my wife. And prize giveaways. And prize giveaways. And podcast recordings. recordings. Yeah. It will be amazing. Do we need a permit to record there? I don't think no. so. Oh, good. We, we can record guests and uh, something else. Oh, okay. But we record ourselves because we're so interesting. We'll pretend like I'm a guest. By guest, I, I mean like Will Wheaton and those Dude, guests. yeah, Will Wheaton's going to be there now. Nice. Oh, I want to see. I want to meet Will Wheaton and hug him. I want to meet Billy West. And I like, try dude, to can you do one. the Honey Nut Cheerio voice for me? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what he's most famous for. Even though no one knows it. <laughs> cool. Cool. Bye. Bye. What are we seeing next week, guys? Oh, oh yeah. Um, we're seeing American Reunion next week. Yeah. James is really looking forward to that one. Yeah. But hey, James, remember, two weeks and it's Cabin in the Woods. Two weeks, man. It's a long two weeks. But we'll get there. We will. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.